Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the very first episode of the Really Real Real Estate Podcast. My name is Lou Lombardi, but your real host is the real estate agent himself, Jason Wilcox. We're going to meet Jason in a second, but first, let's paint the picture. The neighbors upstairs are too noisy and blaring music all hours of the night, right? The landlord hasn't come by to fix the leak in the ceiling that he's been talking about fixing for a couple of weeks now. And you're tired of staring at that hideous yard that hasn't been landscaped in like maybe three years, maybe since you signed the lease. Well, in in our maiden voyage here, we will discuss the advantages of purchasing your own home versus continuing to put up with this stuff from your landlord. The topics we're going to include are going to be the financial benefits of home ownership, the freedom of home ownership, responsibility, of course, and why it's important to not have to answer to a landlord. After this podcast, you will have no reason not to get immediately pre-approved uh, from your local lender and then call Jason himself so he can start uh, looking for your first home together for you to purchase. Uh, but before we get into all that, let's meet uh, real estate agent himself, Jason Wilcox. Jason, how are you today? I'm doing great, Lou. Thank you for that amazing introduction. I uh, I greatly appreciate it. No, no one does it better than you. <laughs> <laughs> so t- t- let's let's uh, let's step into Mr. Peabody's Wayback Machine and let's talk about the, the how you got into real estate and you know and, and why it's something you are uh, that, that that really tweaked you and got you really uh, excited. Absolutely. So I've been in the real estate business since uh, August of 2016. Uh, prior to being in the real estate business, I was actually uh, teaching uh, music education. Music, I know, is something that's very near and dear to, to you uh, and your your hobbies and interests. Uh, but I was teaching music and, and I loved what I was doing. Um, but, you know, working in a, in a small parochial school, I was looking for something a little bit more, um, needed something a little bit more um, financially beneficial. And, you know, I'd always told myself that if I ever got out of teaching music, um, I would leave the, the nonprofit sector altogether and looking to get into business. And at the time, real estate is just something that had, you know, piqued my interest. I was um, interested in looking at houses. I was interested in kind of understanding the financial benefits behind home ownership, behind having a rental portfolio and kind of the freedoms that it would allow you there. And um, so it just kind of started as one summer, I had some time off. So I, I told my uh, my wife, uh, who ironically, uh, when I decided to make the move into real estate, I'd only been married a month. And so if there's one grave piece of advice I can offer. It's do not change your career one month into being married. <laughs> Good advice. <laughs> but um, I, I said, you know what? I wanted to take the class just to see if I would like it. Took the class, absolutely uh, fell in love with it. But then I said, you know what? In order to practice, I need to pass the test. So I took the test, passed it on the first try. And I thought, you know what? This is somebody trying to tell me something. And uh, I decided to, to, you know, go for broke and just try to do it. And I uh, started it back in August of 2016. I haven't looked back since. I absolutely love what I'm doing. In many ways, I see real estate as, you know, being an educator 
for those who are looking to, to purchase a home. And so really it's not that much of a difference than what I was doing when I was teaching uh, music in, in the school district. So, well, speaking of education, that bring us, brings us around to the purpose of this podcast. We've been talking about this for a, a couple of months now about getting a, a podcast together for you. And uh, what is your sort of, uh, you know, take on uh, the, the need for a, a podcast about real estate? Great question. Um, for me, you know, you, you can take the, the what, what's the phrase? You can take the, the teacher out of the classroom, but you can't take the classroom out of the teacher. Okay. Uh, the education portion behind real estate is what I love the most about what I do. I love educating buyers. I love educating sellers, love educating investors. And so my goal with this podcast is every week, we're just going to take a, a dive into another sector or another conversation or another portion of the really uh, the real estate community. My goal is that, you know, if you're thinking about buying or selling or investing sometime in the near future, this podcast here is just kind of a beacon of light in terms of if you have questions questions, if you have concerns, hopefully some of the topics of conversations that we're going to cover on a week to week basis will be um, helpful in, in your real estate endeavors. And hopefully it'll shine a light that maybe sometimes you don't always see on the, uh, the major television networks when you're watching HDTV or, or one of the major, uh, you know, HDTV shows. My goal is to just, you know, like I said, be able to educate uh, those people who are thinking about getting into the, uh, into the real estate journey. And Jason, this is a, uh, a a local podcast, so why don't you go ahead and tell everybody uh, basically where you're located and kind of what your territory is. Absolutely. So I am based, um, I currently live in the Washington County uh, of Pennsylvania, which is about 15, 20 miles outside the city of Pittsburgh. So yeah, you will find uh, as a disclaimer that sometimes what we talk about may or may not be um, good topics for anybody who's buying or selling anywhere, but we will be having conversations that sometimes are uh, the discussing the local market. So my focal point is um, Allegheny County and Washington County. Allegheny County is uh, where the city of Pittsburgh is located. Um, and kind of that southern border in, you know, in and around uh, the city of Pittsburgh. So I am only licensed in PA. So unfortunately, uh, I'm only allowed to sell in Pennsylvania. I know we border up against the West Virginia, Ohio, Maryland area. And unfortunately, I'm not licensed to, to sell there. So we're really dealing with the, uh, is it southwestern portion of PA? Right, exactly. I didn't do well in geography. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. Well, let's get into our topic for today then which is should i rent or should i buy you thought i was going to say should i stay or should i go should i rent or should i buy and so let's talk about because there are um there's actually some pros and cons the the only the, the cons being that um you may have you have to take a little bit more personal responsibility once right. you are uh, once you're the owner. But but let's let's start at the beginning. What are the um, the financial? Because there's a, this is really important um, because your house can end up be allowing you to do a lot of other different things if you if you if you handle the finance financial part of it right. So let's talk about some of the financial benefits first. Absolutely, and and that's probably the biggest reason why I encourage any one person to to buy over over renting is the financial side of things. So I think the easiest way I can explain it and probably the best reason is essentially when you purchase a house and you're making a monthly mortgage payment, basically what you have is you have essentially um, another savings account because every month you make a mortgage payment, you get a little bit more equity in the home, the equity being uh, the money that you have available to you. 
And if down the road you need money to finance a larger project or, you know, you need money to do something else or, you know, heck, even you need money to take a vacation. I mean, really, you can use the equity out of your home for anything. But as you pay into the monthly mortgage and you build equity, you can eventually use that equity to then be able to finance something else, whether it's maybe purchasing a rental property or, like I said, maybe financing a project at your home or maybe even doing um something uh, something personal if you would want to. The other thing that I noticed is that for a lot of people, I get this question asked a lot. I get people going, how, how can someone afford that, that, that $450,000 home? And I tell people, it's simple. That person who's buying that $450,000 home is not that's not their first home. What it is, is that they've bought the smaller, maybe 80, 100,000, $150,000 home. They owned it for 10 years. They had a nice down payment on the house and they've built um, equity in the home. Plus the house has appreciated. If you own a house for so long and you live in a, in a good area with a good school district and you maintain uh, the house and you don't let it deteriorate, your house is going to appreciate. You might buy a house for 100000 and 10 years later, that house may now be worth one hundred twenty dollars or $130,000. So between those two things, when you go to sell the house, you have a nice amount of money that's coming back to you. That then allows you to buy the bigger home. And so people were always wondering, how does somebody have fifty dollars or $100,000 to put down on a $400,000 home? And it's because, um, like I said, they started with the smaller home, they built the equity, they then used that equity to purchase their bigger home. And the final reason why it's uh, really important now, disclaimer, I'm not a CPA. You do not absolutely want me messing with your money. <laughs> so you want to talk to a CPA about this. But at least before the major tax laws changed, there were also financial financial benefits too, because you were allowed to deduct the uh, the mortgage interest and the property taxes um, off of your yearly uh, taxes. Again, don't quote me on that because I do believe that has uh, changed at least here in Pennsylvania. Okay. So one of the things we wanted to bring up is um, what can you do now? Now, remember when you're living in that apartment, you may, you may even, some, some landlords are like, yeah, go ahead and paint or whatever, but you're pretty limited. But there's stuff that you can do with your own place that you can't do with a rental, uh, an apartment. So you want to talk a little bit about that? Absolutely. And, and and you brought up a great point because sometimes for some people, a rental isn't even an apartment. Sometimes they're renting a full-blown house and they still can't do what they what they want to do with Good it. Point, yeah. yeah. The 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 biggest yeah. thing that I that I see and in, in talking with a lot of tenants is that um they find themselves having to ask permission for every little thing, even if they want to change the paint colors, even if it's neutral painting, um, they have to find that they have to ask the landlord to make sure the landlord's okay with it. Uh, they're not allowed to hang pictures or, or, you know, nail anything into the wall because the, the landlord doesn't want them putting holes in the drywall. They literally have to ask permission for every little thing. And don't you dare even think about trying to ask to do something big, like change the landscaping or whatever, because, you know, the, the landlord's just not going to want you messing with that. Yeah, um, and actually on the flip side what a good. lot i was gonna say if you have kids i was about to and say, i was i was i live with somebody and we were renting and her daughter drew on the wall and you would have thought it was the end of the world you know i mean that's what little kids do they don't know they got crayons you know the paper the wall what's the difference you know and um it was it was oh my gosh it was 
crazy. <laughs> so you can the kids can draw on the walls without you know something you know in, you know you know it's super uh, negative repercussions other than your own repercussions. I'm sorry. Go ahead. It was, that no, popped it, into it, my it, mind. It's funny because I'm laughing while you're telling the story because I sold a house to someone recently um, where the, the kids did draw on the wall uh, before the, the seller sold the house. The only difference was the, the kids were not kids. They were actually teenagers. And oh. to see some of the graffiti that oh, was on like... that wall was... <laughs> But in any case, so like, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. So, so you can so you can do what you want, and I didn't even realize you're right. Like even hanging a picture, some guys are really fussy about stuff like that. Absolutely, and actually, what a lot of people don't know too is that legally, a landlord um, has the right to come back and force you to return the property as normal. So they may even say, yeah, go ahead. You can paint the walls or you can put the nails or whatever, but you're going to pay to have that restored upon, upon leaving the land, uh, leaving the lease. So once you leave that rental, um, you know, that, that's a, that, that's a big thing that you could end up financially having to pay for it on both ends. Cause you pay to do what you want to do, but then you may have to pay to restore it. Um, so, so that, that's a big thing. But then I guess the other thing that I've heard a lot of is in addition to just doing what you want to do to the property, you also can then do what you need to do to the property. I hear so often landlords who, you know, take forever to get out there and fix that, that leak in the roof or the, the drafty window, or maybe the, the refrigerator's broken and, you know, it's taken them three to four weeks to, to, to replace what legally needs to be fixed so that you can have a, a working functional uh, rental unit. And so I find that not only can you do what you want with it, but you can do what you need to do with it. And it's up to you, you know, if you want to try to DIY it yourself um, or if you want to hire a professional. I've actually, uh, I was in a rental situation at one point. Um, Lou, I know you shared this with me. Uh, there was there was mold in the house. And you mm. and I are a firm believer of, you know, when you have mold, it's time to call somebody who professionally knows what they're doing Absolutely. when it comes to mold remediation. And his professional, uh, my landlord's professional intake on it was let's let's go to shop and save and get the, the Clorox and the Mr. <laughs> Clean and we're just going to wipe it down. And it's like, no, that's not what I wanted to do. I wanted to spend the money to hire a professional come in and do it. And he wasn't having it. So you get to do what you want to do with the place and you get what uh, you get to do what you need to do to the place as well. And then that's even more important when you decide that you want to put a big addition on, or you really want to change up the landscaping, or you want to do something big out front, or you want to finish the game room. It's just great that you get to make the calls on your, on your own place. Um, even little things like some landlords control the heat and things like that. And, you know, you know, so if you're tired of freezing <laughs> or, you know, what, <laughs> you know, so, you know, there's a, you know that, that's a whole other thing. Yep. And um, my 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 favorite thing uh, a discussion that I have with people is the the age old discussion of pets. A landlord legally has a right to say no pets or you can have you know, one cat, or you can have one small dog. And if you are that person that loves animals and you want to have, you know, six dogs and 14 cats and a llama in your backyard and <laughs> six chickens, <laughs> you know, you can't do that in a rental, but you can do that. And you, you laugh. I have friends that have chickens. And at some point I know they're going to be listening to this podcast and they're going to comment. They know exactly who they are. They have chickens. <laughs> well, I mean, anything like that. I mean, you think of like, it's a, there's a mirror. Uh, you fixing up the basement so you have like an office or a game room or, or, or something like that is uh, you know there's a, there's a lot of hidden value in um, in, in owning in owning a home the yard 
right? Yes. What if you want to plant a garden? You like, mm-hmm. you know, you you want you want to grow fresh tomatoes or uh, grapes in the summer or whatever you like to do. I mean, when I bought this house here, uh, the guy was an older uh, Italian gentleman who literally had the whole setup in the backyard with the uh, he he grew grapes for wine and he had the the the. Um, they, they're not called trestles, but it's it's a it's a setup with yeah. the wood and things like that. They, you the grapes hang, and I mean, you know, it was very cool. Yeah. So, uh, so if you have any kind of hobbies or anything like that, you're going to have way more uh, easier time uh, setting yourself up in your own place versus having to deal with um, having to deal with a landlord. So, but the other, and the other thing that you have to deal with is when you want to move, because sometimes you outgrow a place, right, Jason, you start having kids or whatever. <laughs> and that, yep. fir- that first house that you bought for $80,000 or a hundred thousand is like, Oh boy, we're, we're getting these kids. Now we have to, uh, we got to think about so- some way to move on up. And you know what yep. happens if you have a landlord, well, you got to wait for the lease and blah, blah, blah. And then, then are you going to get, ba- are you going to get boned because you did hang up some photos or you painted this room yep. or whatever, you know? So why don't you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, absolutely. Well, I- I'll tell you what, nothing makes me smile more than when I see on Facebook, oh, unexpected baby number three is coming along because <laughs> I know that phone call is not too far behind, but no, you're absolutely right. <laughs> you you get to decide when you want to move. You're absolutely right. You know, they say the average person in their lifetime purchases three homes, your starter home, your upgraded home, and then your downsized home. And yeah, so you get to decide when you want to move. And sometimes, um, you know, that's, that's driven by life events that you want. And sometimes it's driven by life events you don't want. Another, another thing that I see a lot is people all of a sudden get up and moved for their job. Um, you know, you work for a major corporation and you're living in Pittsburgh and now they want you out in you know, Los Angeles, you got to move. And if you're in the middle of a lease, you're stuck dealing with whatever penalties you signed on for because you thought your company was going to keep you there for, um, for uh, you know, X amount of years before you moved. Um, so yeah, so it's great to own a home because you get to move. But here's the other thing that so many people don't think about, Lou. I want people to think about the reverse of it. Yeah, there are some times when you want to move or like you said, you, your family gets bigger or something happens, you know, you you have reasons you want to move. But the reverse of that is when you're renting, you don't get to control the landlord. There are times when a landlord decides, you know what, I no longer want this property in my portfolio or I'm trying to liquidate my portfolio and all of a sudden I want to up and sell it. And then you are in a situation where first off, you're living there and yes, there are laws and it put in place and things on the lease to talk about how you show the property. But if a landlord decides that they want to sell the property, uh, they have that right to do it and you can't stop them. And a lot of times, you know, the way, at least in Pennsylvania, the leases are written is, you know, the, the new owner has to see out that lease. But if I just had this happen a couple of months ago where, you know, a buyer bought a property that the seller was using as a, as a, as a lease, uh, he had a tenant in there, but she wanted to buy for owner occupancy purposes. And if that new owner doesn't want you to be there for owner occupancy purposes at the time of the lease, they, they don't have to renew it. And then you're forced to find, um, a new lease. And the other thing that I see, and it, it, it doesn't happen too often, uh, but it has happened. Um, keeping in mind that when you pay a rental, a monthly rental fee, you are paying it to the landlord. You are hoping and praying to the rental gods 
that that landlord is then paying their mortgage if they have a mortgage on the property. Um, there have been times where all of a sudden the, the tenant's getting a notice that the house is being foreclosed on. It's not because the tenant didn't pay the landlord. It's because the landlord didn't pay the mortgage company. And then I get people oh calling me going, hey, I need another place to live because this house is going to be foreclosed on in 60 days. Um, now, of course, the foreclosure process is a whole another pod, a whole another four podcasts of itself. Right. But um, that, that's the other thing that a lot of people um, uh, uh, do not realize is that. And actually, uh, one one other thing I wanted to point out, uh, speaking about paying the landlord, this is kind of goes back to the financial aspects of it, too that we were talking about earlier. You know, when you pay the landlord, um, you are paying the landlord a monthly rental fee that he's going to then use to pay, he or she is going to use to pay the mortgage. And I can promise you that any landlord that has a rental property, it's a business for them. What do they want to do? They want to make money. So if their monthly mortgage is 1200 a month, you can bet your sweet bippy, they are not charging you 1200 a month in rent. They're going to charge you maybe 1500 or 1600 because they need to A, pay the mortgage and then they need to keep money back in case they're paying any portion of the utilities or they need to have money in a fund so that they can do repairs to the house. But then they also have to get a little bit of money that they're, you know, that they want to make because it's a business to them. So keep it in mind that not only when you're paying that rent, you are absolutely paying something uh, higher than what the mortgage payment is because the landlord wants to make money. So if you buy your own place, you can usually find a property of like kindness that you're living in that you could absolutely get for cheaper because you're not paying a landlord who's trying to make money. And then you have the financial benefit that we talked about at the beginning. And, yes. you know, and if you, cause if you continue to pay rent, you really end up with nothing. I mean, that's really the kind of like bleak way of putting it because the yeah. landlord, you just paying the landlord to live there and that you don't own that. You have no equity built nope. up. You have nothing that you can use as uh, you know, as some kind of a collateral or credit for, for yourself. If you, you know, if you, you want to do something. Um, so really moving in as soon as you can in your life to try to get at least that first starter house. Correct. You're, you would encourage correct. people to do that. Correct. And, and and Lou, here's a scary statistic um, that, that I like to share with with, uh, with with tenants. And I share this because I was in the same boat. And this is actually um, when I decided I wanted to purchase my own house. This was the motivating factor. Let's say you live in a rental that's $1,000 a month. Times that by 12 months, that is $12,000 a year. Let's say you've been in that rental for five years. That is $60,000 that is gone. It's gone gone, <laughs> gone with the wind. Um, that's $60,000 you will never see again. That's that. That's a full year salary for, for most working people. Whereas when you buy a portion of that, again, is going into the equity that you have is almost like a savings account that you could pull out. So um, if you don't want to be throwing out $1,000 a month, which is 12,000 a year, which is $60,000 in five years, um, call me <laughs> because that's a lot of money to just be thrown out that you will never see again, at least get it into uh, like you said, a mortgage where you can build equity and you can have that um, to your disposal when, whenever you need it. Okay, so that's a great segue into how do people get a hold of you then? Because if they're listening to this and you know we've motivated them to kind of think seriously about their rental situation and they're going like, you know what, I, I'm looking at this and this 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 Wilcox guy, he makes a lot of sense. Uh, what do I do? So how do people get in touch with you? What's the first steps they should take? 
Absolutely. So the first step that you want to do is you want to call me. Um, I know there are a lot of questions behind the, the lending side and the actually making an offer. That's later down the road and that's in future podcasts that we will talk about. Um, the first thing you want to do is call me because then I can help you talk talk with you and help you with the next steps in the process as far as it gets to getting pre-approved and all of that. So the very first thing you want to do is you want to call or text me. Uh, so anyone can always get a hold of me via my cell phone, uh, which is 412-651-4638. Again, that's 412-651-4638. And all this information that I'm giving you right now will actually be down below uh, in a link that you can call me. That is my cell phone. It's on 24 seven. Uh, call me day or night. Um, you know, that's the best way to get a hold of me. Or you can shoot me an email, uh, jason.wilcox at pittsburghmoves.com. That's my first name, J-A-S-O-N dot that's the thing that everyone misses is the dot wilcox w-i-l-c-o-x at pittsburgh moves pittsburgh the full city spelled out moves m-o-v-e-s dot com um or you can find me on zillow you can find me on my um my my cobalt banker real estate website which is um cb in touch uh jason.wilcox at cbintouch.com or you can find me on all the social media channels uh facebook Twitter, Instagram. Um, I will tell you that I do check my messenger on my Facebook, my Twitter, my Instagram, but not as frequently as I do myself and of my email. So for best way to get a hold of me, text me or email me. But if you do drop me a message, uh, I usually do try to respond. I try to check that at least uh, at least once a day. And uh, you can see all of my raving reviews, of course, on Zillow as well. <laughs> Excellent, guys. So listen, so stop paying all that money in rent. Oh my God, That fi those figures he threw out there should scare you <laughs> enough to at least start thinking about it. Um, there is, uh, we, we've outlined some great advantages to home ownership and Jason is the guy. He can, he can get you through this process. He's a friendly guy. He's easy to work with. And uh, I, I think you'd be, I think you'd be very, uh, uh, very happy. Uh, but at least have the conversation. You know, if it's something you're even remotely thinking about or, you're, or maybe you weren't thinking about until you heard this podcast and you went, hmm, this guy makes a lot of sense. Check him out. His cell phone is 412-651-4638. Jason Wilcox. All right, Jason, we're going to get out of here for today and we'll catch you guys all on the next really real real estate podcast. Take care. Step into the world of power, loyalty. And luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.